0: podcasters log these are the ongoing voyages of gay space communism where three maybe more people try and hash out whether or not star trek really is just the west wing for technocratic communists or if it's just a fun space thing in either case i'm paul byron
1: i'm rachel Klein. i'm cory archibald uh and we're all gay but also paul is wrong about a thing and i really gotta we gotta hash this out paul
0: uh, well, unfortunately, You're wrong Paul about is thing. wrong about a thing. Is a different show that is currently running 24 hours a day in my home. But if you'd like to apply, please submit your submit your application below.
1: So Paul just said that when they're dealing with, you know, clones and alt-universe people and so on and so forth, that they should be just tattooing no, hold up, hold them. We're gonna,
0: so like, the, yeah, so we'll we'll dump, jump right in. We were talking about, we talk what we always talk about, what episodes are you watching lately? Yes. I've been the the Tom Riker goes to Deep Space Nine as a Maki agent and pretends to be Commander Riker. Yep. There should be a tattoo on his forehead that says Tom Riker, just, or like a genetic marker or something that just says, so he doesn't show up and just say, hey, Deanna, it's me, you know, me, your friend, Commander Riker from work.
1: Yeah, except for that, they live in the Federation where they've got future science, and they can just take the tattoo off, and then they're not going to do genetic markers because that's literally what the genetic wars were about. Like they outlawed that super hard, and at that point, they're like society. That was
0: about cranking everything up to eleven. We're talking about a blinker that nah. goes nope, nope against like no is under at, a light or something. No way. Look
1: at look at how much shit Julian Bashir gets. For not being genetically natural. Like, you really think people who are that bigoted are gonna just be like, haha, it's fine. We're just gonna, you know, change your DNA a little bit.
0: Julian Bashir is the best case scenario you really need to be looking to his four person crazy crazy support group and I crazy is the wrong word there but they are all very much playing it at theatrical a very theatrical version of various neurodivergences in a very big way and that's like the like the negative outcome is like oh what if you accidentally make someone into, let's for example me um, right. not like a sexy doctor but like just some annoying guy um, right in either case so the solution really is just to leave the transporter accidents where you find them and not bring them home and give them a rank john no. luke
1: no i think he made the best choice he could because the thing is up until that point where they were split they had exactly the same life that's the same person that got left there the right thing to do is rescue him so Tell like, man
0: oh you can't look
1: oh. <laughs> look we're not here to talk about genociding people or two victims.
0: Genocide individual people. I mean, like, wow, that it ha- every genocide happens to individuals, but it's not really a, like. If I just do one, it doesn't really count, you know. We're
1: not, but like genociding in the sense that you're killing them for their genes. We don't have a word for this exactly, but genocide in the sense of killing people because they are not natural. Ge- it doesn't matter. In, in post
0: scarcity society, Listen. there are only two valuable currencies: dungarees and gold press Latin. And I deal okay. in dungarees.
1: Fine. I'm sorry. I turned that
0: into a time. dumb joke. What What have y'all been watching? What What episode? Y'all been into an episode?
1: Well, not really. I kind of ran out of Star Trek to watch. I'm not ready to like start looping through again. So I've been watching other 90s sci-fi shows uh, like Stargate, which is terrible. Mm. Stargate is not good. Do not add us, nerds. Thank you. Um. Mm. I don't like it. It's like I mean, first of all, it's like real sexist. Like, boy, is it sexist? And also, just like it, the entire thing is this like extremely post nine eleven ooh rah masculine man kind of thing. Like, it's it's real dated in its values and in its content and in its portrayal of the humanities, generally speaking, and coming off the year we just had, you know, which at this specific moment, as I'm recording, this was 2020, the worst of years. Uh, I just, I have no space in my heart for that right now, you know, cause that is like the, the nascent sort of inklings of what got us to here and I'm just over it.
0: So well, what about a, like a police state, but for every dimension?
1: Yeah. <laughs> We'll send, like, police scientists at you, not to you. Oh,
0: so you were watching uh, Gay Space Police Planet.
1: No, it's extremely heterosexual. It is.
0: Well, there aren't that many women in scary. it, so I can't see why. Looking Just looking at the images here.
1: Um, well, no, because they occasionally involve other women in superficial capacities to add depth to the men. Hell yeah. Is, it, love is it
2: more sexist than the original series? Yes. Wow. Which is a hard pull
0: for 30 years later.
2: Holy shit. I didn't even
1: fucking hesitate. Yeah, you like <laughs> yeah.
0: we, we take you at your word, ma'am. That's uh yeah.
1: Like literally in like the first episode, the main character is dealing with a woman who is special forces and has a PhD in like the sciences, like hard sciences.
0: Let me guess, she's super emotional. She's what? written to have emotional turns that move the plot for no reason? or No,
1: actually. Surprisingly, no. They're playing her very tough chick. She drinks beer. She's a bad bitch. She's, like, that character. But, like, literally, he's just, like, nagging her. And, like, I forget even what he said. It was something that was just, like, super, like, you know, go get it, little lady kind of thing. Like, hitting on her inappropriately. And she just, like, stops and smirks at him and takes it. And I'm like, no the fuck she wouldn't! Are you kidding me? She's special (laughs) forces! She's got a PhD! She would've dressed his ass dead! down but you know she doesn't exist to be a person she exists to be a fucking archetype that somebody wants to have sex with so
0: okay but phd special forces is a pretty sweet archetype to want to have sex with that does make sense but i that is not the point of this you right.
1: i mean listen i too would like the large lady from the new resident evil game to step on me but in this particular context me. what the hell's
0: wrong with you people just be carried around <laughs> gently and lovingly in someone's no. arms that is 20 feet tall come on walk
1: on my back with your <laughs> giant
2: body.
0: Break- Corey, rescue us from this.
2: I Yeah, I don't even know how to dig out of this hole. Yeah, so I, I'm still in my chronological... you are just going to stand on the shoulders
0: of this giant woman and uh, just hop
2: on. <laughs> I, I'm still in my, my chronological viewing. And uh, unfortunately, I, I had to take a few weeks off because I was in the hospital um and still recuperating. So I, I just recently actually started watching it. And I'm struggling a little bit to get into it because it's such a different vibe from TOS. And I know that I've kind of complained about... Tos even as a, a product of its time, it's still you know it, it endears itself to you. It works its way into your heart in its, it's own the, way. It's
0: trying component a lot it's, of it. It's
2: trying, yeah, it is. It and is the
0: theatrical sets do so much to like really like oh look at them go.
2: I know. But like the the whole like dynamic of the animated series is so different because it's like it's trying to be comedy but it's not succeeding and the animation style just keeps making me think of Scooby Doo which is not helping. So, I'm I'm trying to get into it, but you know, I think probably it's going to take me a couple passes before I start to appreciate it.
1: <laughs> okay, but hear me out on this. Just Uhura turning around and saying "Jinkies." <laughs>
0: My earpiece. I can't find my earpiece.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, now it's funny again. That's good. Just always pretend whatever Uhura is doing, it's actually Velma. There you go. Same skirt, just different color. Wait, is that white feminist? That's probably white feminist. Let's not do that. Yeah. Let's let Uhura have her space. Anyway, how far into it are you at this
2: point? Like... I'm literally just like maybe five episodes into the first season. So I'm just starting it because I was really like disconnected from everything for a while there. So
1: Entirely related to that. We're real glad to have you back. Glad you're feeling a bit better. We missed you. We were worried.
2: I missed you guys too and as i always say and all these times that i keep ending up in the hospital like i really really wish i had a trek doctor because good lord this has not been fun yeah
0: yeah they're not as handsome as bashir or as helpful as the doctor
2: no they are
1: not
0: almost across the board
1: and none of them have the warmth of crusher <laughs>
0: They are all as vaguely racist and prejudiced as Bones. So that's weird. Yes,
1: that's true. (laughs) You know? Well, and you know, I I think um, when we think about like the doctor or like the Star Trek doctors generally, right? Like the whole ethos there is like so much more about like this holistic treatment of the patient as a person, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's numerous scenes where Dr. Crusher lectures people about like, oh, well, that, that was back in the 20th century and we didn't understand, truly understand what pain meant. And like, okay, you probably wouldn't have to tell him this, right? Like like our, our right. new, like, headaches being a, an indicator of some larger malady, which I mean, yeah, no, here's to a holistic approach to health, but it was always fun to have them like trot that out. Like, well, nowadays we're much better at this than when we used to, when the viewer right. wink, wink lives.
1: Yeah, of course. I don't. Mind it though, you know, because like they're speaking to an audience. No, I mean, it's yeah. a fucking TV show. I'm here.
0: I, well, yeah. I, I can, like, oh, we better say out loud what we're doing despite this being like a very routine job that we've set as established by all of the rest of the way we're treating it. I'll say out loud every part.
1: Well, yeah, but also, I mean, especially in the 90s, there was definitely a lot less faith in the viewer. I think people really did not trust the audience to pick up on subtleties like they do now, you know.
0: Well, and this is in part due to just the way television works, right? Like, if you miss fucking Star Trek this week, you're not going to see it again for like a month and a half, two months. Right. So I got to get it. You have to get it. You have to understand what happened because there is no, there will be no recap. There will be no. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just in terms of the way TV is written, right? Like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and like with Buffy and stuff like that, every single episode had a previously so that like they could at least like smash you with a couple of relevant pieces of information.
0: Discovery did a really good job of picking up on doing on how to deal with that well. I thought Mm -hmm. in terms of like, oh, previously on, great. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of shit happened, but here are like the five scenes that will bring these people back to the. Remember them? If not, these are them. They're back. We put the line where they basically say who they are, where they're from, and what their deal is into the previously on for you in case you forgot.
1: Yeah, which I think is a good strategy.
0: I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate also getting primed for. Oh, cool, we're getting back to that. Thank God.
1: I wonder, like, like with Hollows and like futures and like the way they are telling stories in the future in Star Trek. Like, I wonder to what extent they would have stuff like that happening on the holodeck. You know, I guess, like, they have, like, like, you're writing it to your own context, right? Like, you're writing it to your own cultural context. So, like, to what extent, if you put together a holodeck program, do you have to kind of spell it out?
0: Oh, the, like, the, 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 yeah, how much of, how much do you have to read about the Alamo? And, like, how much shitting in a hole do you have to do on the holodeck?
1: Is there, like, some, like, loading screen or something that, like, walks you through the history of the Alamo? Like, they just cut from the show because it's boring. Like
2: I think that, you know, we have to remember that in a lot of cases, the Suite programs are designed by the people who are experiencing them. Um, and so, like, the content is something that they're already familiar with because they helped create it. Or, you know, there's cases where, you know, like, they people go to Quarks and... But they you know, order they, it they, because
0: they, they want it. Yeah, they know what they're asking, right. What they're asking exactly,
2: for exactly. And so, if you if you created a hollow sweet program and then you bring someone new into it, you're there to kind of guide them, or they can always go in and start the program over from the beginning and yeah, you know, experience it themselves. So oh,
0: I'm sorry, cross user save saves are not supported by the holodeck i am super sorry
1: (laughs) well and that makes sense for like entertainment but i'm talking about like other kinds of media too like for the news right like how are they communicating the news
0: oh well picard gives us that the news is just on tv because that fucking it's goddamn it because everything has to be is just that has to be the metaphor for it because it otherwise it can't really explain itself you can't really do that weird interview scene where she asks him about you know all the dumb shit that happened that because of him yeah like, I mean, and this is like twenty two hundred, but like and there are reporters and Cisco's kid, Jake Cisco, Sirach Lofton, down down down, 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 down down down. And he's an author, I mean, apparently, so they have some news reading material distribution mechanism. But since there's no money or publishing
2: he writes for some publication of some kind. Yeah.
0: But also there is publishing houses in real life that like charge and pay money too. Voyager gets it. It's very sort of fuzzy economies.
1: You know, they were kind of making it up as they went along. I can't.
0: What do you what do you mean it's hard to cobble together a coherent philosophy out of 3 dozen writing teams over almost 60 years of television?
1: <laughs> yeah, what?
0: Well, and we are very smart for trying, and you the listener are very smart for coming with us.
1: Yes, we're also smart.
0: This is a good use of our time.
1: We're so good at talking <laughs> about stuff.
0: So what are we talking We're talking about we're talking about symbols and meaning and yes, language and we're going to use a pretty easy onboarding mechanism here because it's the universal translator
1: yep well and I think you know I was kind of trying to softly push us in that direction with uh, talking about how they get the news out right because like if you're broadcasting the news right that's like a mass audience and when people take like broadcast journalism classes one of the things they really hammer over and over and over again is you have to know who you're talking to and you have to know your audience and so I'm like okay so like the universal translator can cover a lot of it but like does it just become unintelligible after a certain point like I don't know
2: well, it, it covers the verbal component, but not the cultural context and not the physical body language intonation and what those things mean within the different cultural contexts. There is, you're right. There's like a lot of information that yes. we use to yes. glean meaning that the universal translator doesn't help with. And that's that's actually an issue that Trek never really wrestles with. Well, I can't yes. say never.
0: Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra shocker yeah. the walls fell
2: the quintessential of course
0: i mean but like, <laughs> yes. but like it really is one of the, they don't deal with it a lot and this is definitely that's definitely one of the few ones where they really dig into it which is like oh hey well that's all poetry and history yes oh you yes. don't know the history of by the way so like he's just speaking in weird vague me- weird metaphors figure it's it out.
1: great that is yeah. the most of like of all the semiotic episodes that is clearly the most intentionally semiotic one and i love it and we're gonna get to all of it
0: it's like no no the translator works perfectly you're not you just no it just doesn't work it doesn't do what it needs to do because they've also done ones where it's like okay you can't speak you can't communicate because you don't speak common mm-hmm. language but this one's very specifically oh no they're just fucking i mean they yeah yeah it's all fucking um cockney rhyming slang. they
1: completely interact with language differently like just a rhyme. fundamentally different interaction with how language like works representationally in their psyche
0: Oh, man, does this Cockney rhyming slang translate into Ferengi thieves can't?
1: I hope so. Like kind of that kind of like <laughs> for
0: sort of double, double translation crossover, right? Right. Like, oh, we right. have to give you what this is. It's not like in regular English. It is a fucking weird oblique thing. So I got to give it to you in your weird oblique language.
1: Right, right. I don't know. I hope so.
0: I mean, I don't think it's ever, ever come up, nor will it. But it's, yeah, that's kind of a weird space to play in that this gives us.
1: Yes. So first, I mean, the big question we have here is like, what would a true universal translator need to be able to do? But first, I think we should talk about what the universal translator in Star Trek does that we know it does and like how it was made in the Star Trek universe.
0: Well, it would be impossible to discuss that without talking about the hard work of Hoshi Sato.
1: Yes. First yep.
0: Empress of the Terran Empire. Oh wait, no no, I'm sorry, the other one. Oh, the good one. <laughs> um who I mean like so yeah, Enterprise she's riding around are pre-universal translator. She is figuring it out on the go.
2: She's a badass.
0: Now being a semiotics ex- and linguistics expert like, passing things through databases, which is very, like, I mean, yeah, it, uh, you applying Earth linguistics to this process seems very difficult, too, because you're like, okay, cool, and the Romulans, oh, they're from Vulcan, actually, shit, all right, so that's a whole language group now that's, sort of, yeah, right. in, this Indo-Germanic cluster, or sorry, sort right, of right. like, grouping.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's, I think... I think we could, for the most part, apply principles of language to representational languages. You know, like in as much as those are the mechanism of communication, I think we could reasonably apply, especially if we like have the people to talk to about it. You know what I mean? If we can have them contextualize it uh, and explain to us how their language works, which I assume they can do.
0: Well, that's kind of, this is all, yeah, post contact. And so you've got got everybody who's given all of that sort of pre-Federation knowledge to them they're like
1: yes well and like really like what the federation is doing is networking like that's what starfleet is about is networking more than anything else so like it seems reasonable to me that like you could get enough data points between like the species that are Working together to create this database and like this program with a reasonable amount of efficacy to at least like chart like a region, you know, or to like expand and find like sort of what are the universalities of representational language if you abstract it enough, you know, and like run enough analyses of variance or whatever. But I don't know how anybody could do that without really just AI, you know, like doing that with a human brain seems entirely too much.
0: Well this kind of gets to the major invention that Saito that uh, Hoshi provides which is lingua code. It cannot yes, like, just yep. fr- like pulling out yeah that that is the the tool which is essentially like it is sort of falls on a lot of the sort of the Sagan and Voyager concept or the actual like Voyager Voyager the actual satellite. So like you use universal con- and again this is all novel this is novels and in- Fucking nonsense magic bullshit, but throwing things like pi, molecular, simple molecular relationships, the speed of light, and various constants. Uh, yeah. in order to use in and using that to tri- triangulate other meaning is sort of a rosetta stone feature and it becomes an algorithm that and it is an algorithm so like yeah it is essentially those messages are used numerous times basically to thrown out like hey can you hear this is this this is close is this is cl-? like from that you can then build the basis of universal translator functioning right yeah you know, so like i think that speaks to all the works that people mm-hmm. are doing in general right like both and, and i mean even douglas adams does this with the babel fish even though he just basically calls it a he just uses a weird God paradox instead and sort <laughs> yeah. of throws it away as a joke because you have to get to this if you're gonna like, oh, well, I took a, a guy from England who speaks English and like poorly and now I've taken him to space. He has to be like, yeah, you have to get over this boundary to make Star Trek and space stuff.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Which I think I think that's a cool way to start. I mean, like, it seems like a cool and feasible way to start, though, right? Like, oh, hey, what is this? Oh, we know that hydrogen just uh, this is hydrogen every time. Yeah. It's always hydrogen.
1: Well, and I think actually that's, there's a lot of debate about this once you start getting into sufficiently theoretical math. And I am not like enough of a mathematician to speak on this eloquently. And if I'm paraphrasing these things incorrectly, like, I'm sorry. It's not my field. But and for um, this one specifically, do
0: add us nerds. That Yes, I cool. do
1: actually want to know this one. If you have more information about this, tell me. Tell me. Add us at gay space cast uh, and let me know because I'm sincerely curious. But as I understand it, from my limited perspective, at the higher levels of theoretical mathematics, there's sort of a debate about whether math is a language or a truth. And like, whether it is actually like a direct sort of reality itself, or whether it is yet another way we are contextualizing our phenomenal experience of reality with language. Uh, And I mean, I've heard really compelling arguments on both sides of it. It's a really cool like area of debate. I think it's probably a language, but I just err on the side of humans are lying to ourselves. Like whenever I'm in doubt,
0: (laughs) I mean, just on a basic rule of any descriptor or thing you use to communicate a thing is not the thing
2: right well i think there's right. two episodes of trek from two different series that kind of support your theory of mathematics as a language and one is the uh the episode yeah. from next generation with the binars um right. who speak in in binary and then there's that episode in voyager and i can't remember the name of the alien but they're in the void and they meet this species that's native to the void and they don't have a language so they don't communicate they're completely mute but the doctor teaches. Them to communicate by music, right, which is mathematically driven.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? I didn't think about music as mathematically German, but yeah, I guess so. No, driven. 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 Oh,
0: some music is mathematically case, German. Right? I know.
1: I'm like sitting here like, what? anyway? No, I mean, I think that's true, right? Music is like very much about division and like just comparative relationships, right? Because like it's oscillations of sound and at certain levels, they sound the same and they resonate with each other or whatever. And like, actually, music science is super, super cool. I think that is probably the coolest language. And I in particular, this is just a random thing that I can flex because it's interesting. I'm synesthetic. Uh, And mine specifically is music to like semantic content. So like different like time signatures will be different places and stuff like that. So when I saw that episode, there was this like small part of me that felt so seen. I was like, yes, you understand me now. (laughs) I don't know if that like reconciles it with the universal translator, though. You know, because like, presumably, if they were using it with sort of a base mathematic formula, right, that like the AI was iterating on, it seems like it would be able to decode like binary or like, I
2: think, yeah, no, I think eventually it could. I mean, yeah. they're in, and even in that Next Generation episode, although they they communicate with one another in binary, they they use language when they're at least we hear language when they're communicating with like Riker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that like it would be able to translate it. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I, mean, I think it does. Like Google. Paul said,
0: it it is TV stuff. So, but like, it's yeah, TV no, stuff. this ability to sort of like, well, I mean, that does raise a cool question. What happens if you put music into the universal translator? Does it know not to fuck with it or bother? And just like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going on, opera. Just play it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Imagine like if you were translating lyrics through like Google Translate and then it was just in real time singing this terrible translation at you. (laughs) I would love this actually. It would be really awful
0: if you've ever listened to opera in english it is bad i think mean, it sucks like i think it is in part because of the way that romantic languages have very uh sort of replicable uniform rhyming structures right. but also it may just be hearing the words doesn't make it any better
1: yeah it's like watching anime where you really kind of have to watch it with the subtitles because otherwise how bad the dialogue is will stick
0: it's well and i mean again that's that sort of speaks to the joys of universal translators because if you watched any of the documentaries sort of about kung fu movies in the 70s and bringing those to the united states those guys are like oh yeah no i don't i'm not gonna say that i'm just gonna say something that kind of fits and like justifies the fight we're about to have and right those are like that's what a lot of the movies like that they still have those dubs on them because wow it was a bad fucking hong kong kung fu movie there were hundreds right. of them you don't need to redub every like all of them i'm mean, like, surely but be- like i mean obviously better and worse shaw brother stuff will get varying treatments and renewals but
1: yeah, yeah.
0: like so we have gotten over sort of the technical aspect of how that works and like like just yeah. played with that in, in that space but we've also got there are other sort of ways that this gets porn out. I like, I mean, mm-hmm. actually, we'll talk one one last one, which is the Breen, which is the where Star Trek gets to do the one time they get, the, like, get to do like the R2-D2 and Chewbacca joke from Star Wars where yeah. like, oh, a character says something and you can't understand it, but everyone else can and responds and that's how you learn what they in fact said, which right. is not, co- <laughs> like again, the universal translator gets us all the way around that, but the Breen who are definitely also like a Star Trek, a Star Wars rather inspired kind of build I feel like, and really don't pan out as a villain, but yeah, they they get <laughs> little, they get a little beepy voice, right? Little little frizzly uh, staticky guy there, mm-hmm. which a
2: little Charlie Brown action,
0: yeah. Like <laughs> 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 founder's like very good. Yes, you will go do the thing you said, and I will describe it in depth <laughs> for the viewer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they explain like why that wasn't translating at all?
0: No, I mean it's just to no. give it kind of a myster- a mystery, make it.
1: You know, it's just here. It's a like inverse deus ex machina or whatever.
0: Right. It's one of right. like, you yeah, know, that's it. Uh, let's see. Who else do we want to talk about here? Uh, we've got so we've got meaning itself is a fun way to go. And for that, we're yeah. going to go to the Romulans, a culture known for like just lying as a cultural practice. That's yeah, the thing yeah, they do like the fake front door is one of my favorite, like little, little tidbits that you get out of some of Picard and the newer stuff. Like, Oh, right. All Vulcan all Romulan houses have a fake front door. Why
1: naturally? Fuck you?
0: Because you came to the wrong? Yeah, like that way, I can peek out the real front door and shoot you if that's what needs to happen. I create right. this level of uh, situational awareness and attention to detail.
1: yeah yeah well so like if you know somebody's always lying to you honestly this is like a i'm gonna just draw a direct comparison between northeastern like new england culture and like southern culture because there's this like new england cultural practice of like never directly saying anything negative ever about anything like ever So what they do instead is they just say these like really pregnant neutral statements, which you are then to understand are meant to be scathing.
0: The stand up comedy equivalent is, oh, well, you look like you were having fun up
1: there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, to what extent, like, is it, if you're inverting it, does it even really like, have you actually inverted it? You know what I mean? In as much as the language functions in that context to communicate the same exact thought as a direct criticism, but you have to have cultural contexts to understand that, like, is it not just ultimately criticizing them?
0: I mean, I think that speaks. Yeah, I mean that speaks to the space they live in, right? Like, because the romans yeah. don't always lie. You just—they will never make it clear what the truth is until it is happening, more or, yeah. or less, right? Which is yeah. a lot. Which is yeah, and that leave keeping you on your toes is well, obviously more dangerous because oh, well, they always lie. It, that is too predictable mm-hmm. and easy. So right, and like oh yeah, that grandma, that southern grandma spite. Ooh, oh it burns. Uh, yeah, it burns hard. <laughs>
1: But people do that all the time, you know, like once you learn somebody's pattern of lying, right? Because I, I think perhaps this is not true for Romulans because they're a different species and come from a fundamentally different biological background. I don't know. But to me, it seems like assuming they work about the same as we do, we you can, can only to do the human
0: TV show that they probably serve as a metaphor for a kind of person that Gene doesn't like.
1: Sure, right? (laughs) Like, you don't, like, you can only be so unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like, there are limits to our imaginations based on what's available to us. Like, we can't imagine things we can't even begin to conceive, right? Well, golly. It's like the whole sort of like Spinozan, like, God is unknowable. You know, if there is such a thing as God, it would be so far beyond the realm of our comprehension that we could never even begin to conceive of it, let alone articulate it. Like, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is why you're not supposed to draw up them in a lot of play, because like, oh, right. Yeah, that's a good call, because now you're just ascribing limitations to a thing I have said is infinite and beyond your comprehension that you should just be like, yeah, that, that thing, that's that. Eh. Right. It's kind of like nod your head at it at the Tetragrammaton and it's kind of, you know, the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and so also like assuming that Robulins are relatively social creatures, like they would be developing shared languages regardless, right?
0: Yeah, it's a star empire. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't is, have an yeah.
1: empire if you're not a social species. That doesn't work.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> clearly.
1: You can be culturally dickheads like the Klingons, but at the end of the day, they love and care for each other. Like, they're still, you know, they're social and they're fundamental processes.
0: Well, sure. And it's just that that society is extremely mm-hmm. distrusting and all of its linguistics are and, like, sort of communications have to be read in that context yeah. except for the zat vosh their weird little sect whose job right. it is to tell everyone the truth all the time which is in itself a very like a very like hey you should be doing this everyone kind of star trek poke from the modern versions but i do right mean, it is a yeah a wonderful addition to apparently the vulcan trial by oral defense of your phd thesis yeah <laughs> And they sort of posited as posing a necessary counterbalance to the entire Romulan ethos, because it is also logical to not necessarily be super clear in your communications if you have a more antagonistic relationship with the world sort of both internally and culturally.
1: Well, and you know, we see this a lot like in our own culture, also, like the way people what? treat politics, like politics, especially <laughs> in the United States, our political structures are so cynical, like amazingly cynical
2: institutions. I don't think that's limited to the United States. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't you
1: know, I don't know other politics well enough. I know a little bit about the UK. I know a little bit about like China. I know a little bit about Canada, but like I none of them are like mine. I don't know them like I know here, you know? Yeah, yeah, I assume it's pretty like universal though because I tend to assume people are like just the same regardless of where they are you know for the most part we just sort of are the same but yeah like I think tying that back in with the Romulans right like truth itself is so subjective and everybody's always claiming to be the one telling the truth and even in that episode with Michael and her mom in Discovery you know where like her mom is speaking all of these hard truths to her there were a couple of different things she said where I was like that's really subjective like you can't actually know that like you might suspect that you could say based on my knowledge of you as a person i think this but like you didn't even raise her like it's just (laughs) like she didn't have the right context for it you know and i feel like there is no such thing as like true truth there's always within the realm of our understanding of language going to be a subject and an object and like an other and all of those have to exist for language to exist
0: I want to uh, step in and clarify that I'm actually very wrong. Uh, we've been we've been doing this wrong. Zat Vash are the weird anti-synthetic uh, or anti-Android community that is uh, underpinning the other group. What Malot.
1: So yeah, like I just like the idea of truth itself is so dubious, right? And uh, y'all aren't gonna hear this because Ren is a hero who's gonna cut it out, and we're gonna redub it. But we actually just had a whole conversation about sincerely believing. We were talking about one thing, and we were actually calling it by a different name, and then we realized we have to go back and edit it in, which is a perfect microcosm, actually, of what I'm talking about. Because you can say something you completely believe to be true and just be mistaken. Yeah. And so I, I think there's like even in claiming to be like sort of truth tellers like that i think they're being kind of disingenuous which fits right like if you're a culture of liars cheats and thieves and you know you're all shady as hell it makes sense that even the people who you know try to tell the truth are doing it in dubious ways
0: well i mean to be fair to it it is not by its own account truth it is candor
1: yes and candor is good
0: which is i mean is different than truth right it is not that you have to tell the truth is after you don't actively try and misrepresent anything, which is, I mean, I think the nature of like, to the extent you could make a lie detector work, the only thing it would truly measure is whether you think you are stating something that is not true. It can't actually determine the truth. Right. That is a different sort of factual question we have to go outside of that for.
1: And at the end of the day, what it really measures is whether you're nervous. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, be, yeah, no, we're, and we're going with, and let's say there would be one that worked, right? Like if it were a pinpoint EEG or other kind of brain scan that in fact measured the centers of the brain we as, we know are associated with invention, essentially. Yes, um, absolutely. But again, we would have to be able to say for certain that we could do this, which seems unlikely.
1: Well, and so I, I kind of, you know, to wrap it back around to like what you're we talking about here, like, and how we communicate like, with media here, like, in the real world, you know, and how we can, like, even apply this conversation to ourselves and to the world around us. Like, I I think... More than anything else, we need to start thinking about language as belonging to the other person. Like when we are trying to communicate something to somebody, we can't force that into them. We can only sort of talk around it until they say something back to us that sounds correct to us, too. Like it's a negotiation every single time we're talking to somebody about literally anything. Sometimes it's easier, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, it's sunny outside. We can both just look and say, yes, the sun is out. And that negotiation is over immediately. But sometimes it's a lot more complicated. You know, it's like, is abortion killing somebody? And if it is, what do we do about that? right? And if it isn't, what do we do about that? And when we talk about abortion, are we talking about an unborn fetus? Are we talking about cells? Are we talking about, you know, the person who has this entity inside of themselves, right? Whose body is on the line, like these contexts are everything. And when we start talking about like translating or like communicating with people, it becomes this massively more complicated thing. That requires, I would think, like really ultimately a direct like context, like you have to be talking one on one with somebody who can correct in
2: real time. So I, I ran into this a lot because I live and work with people All over the world, and you know, have spent a a significant amount of my life in other countries. And although I'm usually communicating in English, much like the universal translator would have you believe, or or, you know, would have have us operate, I'm constantly dealing with these negotiations that you're talking about about context and understanding and bending the quote rules of grammar because to me, it's not about speaking correctly because correct is is subjective. What the purpose of language is 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 to help us achieve common.
0: Correct begs the question of what, what you are trying to do. And if it's communicate, then correct is you communicate
2: exactly right exactly right. and so i deal with this a lot because there's other english speaking expats that i'm i'm around that get really like annoyed and frustrated when a person who's speaking english as their second or third or fourth or fifth language um you know uses what they consider to be incorrect grammar and that has just never bothered me because right. what matters to me is that we achieve common understanding and i find that when i'm communicating with people who you know, where English is not their primary language, like I often adapt my own way of, of constructing sentences and explaining things to try and meet them where they're at.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's like, there's, there's sort of, there's a couple of contexts here I want to bring up. First of all, the people doing this are English speaking expats. Uh, which is going to be relevant later, I promise. The second one is (laughs) everybody kind of just speaks English. Yep. And I think we would be remiss To not sort of mention how these are related, because the reason everybody speaks English is because English speaking people colonized the entire planet, ripped all of the resources out of it, put it in their coffers and then made the rest of the world beg for scraps upon penalty of being bombed. So it's not exactly like people just enjoy English, which is also one of the most notoriously difficult languages to learn.
0: I will throw one too. It is a TV show that aired and that was put on in the United States. Oh, well, like yeah. Catapult, but like, but I mean, ultimately there has to be, it is kind of positive that earth speaks one language and it does strike us that they say and like TOS canon canonize it as English. So, Yeah. Federation standard is kind of how they put it later and that being that I mean ultimately yeah if you put the show on in Spain or any like some Spanish French yeah they're gonna be speaking Federation standard I mean but it does speak to Jean-Luc Picard with the British accent
2: I mean yeah exactly (laughs) the Frenchman with the British accent yeah
0: well it's not the first time
1: it's just one of those sort of assumptions that come around with hegemony right uh and With that hegemony comes entitlement. And so these people, these acquaintances, these expats who are upset when somebody else speaks English back at them with non-English grammar or like, you know, flubbing the grammar in whatever capacity. Yeah.
0: Effective but non-standard, yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, without academic English grammar, which is really what it always is. And I think there's something to be said about specifically academic English that I will also loop back to because the academy is trash. But, like, when they get upset about that, it's because they feel entitled to be comfortable, right? They feel entitled for things to be easy. And so when the other person doesn't understand you all the way immediately, when the other person isn't a tuned to you like that through whatever set of means, it feels like an affront because you have to suddenly do work on it. You have to suddenly try and like reach out to them and figure out what's going on in their mind and engage in this cooperative process as, you know, equals, right? And otherwise you're just sort of not going to understand it. And they're not used to having that kind of experience.
0: Well, i mean it is difficult no matter what but it's definitely a matter of like oh wait you are just used to dealing with people that you know that are like you and you have no way to get outside of that like you don't have an imagination is unfortunately like the bottom line for this because of to it's like you're talking about people who have chosen to live outside of their home countries for their right. lives yeah, and, like, purposeful <laughs> yeah. Act. um which seems like again <laughs> why would you like what why okay
2: Which is, I mean, that's what people that sign up for Starship duties do. They, they choose to go live among what, what to them are alien cultures, both with their crewmates and the places that they go to visit. And so there should be an expectation that they do work to you know to to create understanding and common meaning with any species that they encounter and that is one thing i think that trek represents really well you know there's that i I love this episode of voyager where they encounter the uh the aliens that basically they they have a language but they speak also through interpretive dance. And Neelix is like the only one that gets them. And he has to continuously apologize for Janeway, like offending them, which is hysterical to me. Yes. But you know, like those are the situations that you're constantly going to be encountering.
0: Oh no, we don't hold our hands like that. That's not, oh, oh.
2: Yeah, like, that gesture is deeply offensive in our culture. Like, you, you know, you gotta flipping, learn these things. I was
0: just flipping yeah. my pen. Yeah, like, that's
1: such a dickhead I... thing to do, right? Like, they're the ones being the assholes. They're on their ship.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I guess we could make some inferences about those cultures, right? Like, if they're acting that way, they're probably imperialist as fuck. Like, we can probably safely assume they're a bunch of imperialists, actually, and that's why they're acting that way
0: golly you guys have a lot of really high authority police guys this is probably fine
1: yeah (laughs) exactly often
0: it's an often plot on the the trek universe oh well sure we're we're part we're working alongside the authorities who are oh no the authorities
1: yeah but i mean also if you know we're really talking about a communist future and a horizontal society right like which i mean you know dubiously true but uh dubiously true as it is in our federation sort of inherent hierarchy or whatever if we assume this is a thing right like i could see them not trying to correct that you know and especially like in terms of the prime directive right like even if you're interacting with this other species that is you know spacefaring like if they're a bunch of dickheads culturally it's not really your job to fix that right so i could see why they would kind of just try to grit their teeth and you know
2: put up with it anyway uh, you're talking about a bunch of dickheads or are you talking about the kazon Yes, <laughs> Hazan
1: in particular are a bunch of dickheads. Ouch.
2: Yeah. Those are battle helmets <laughs>
1: battle
2: turtlenecks.
1: You know, there are actually a lot of dickhead species, and I kind of like them.
2: There that. really are, especially in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, Look, right? The Delta
0: Quadrant is ridged for your pleasure, all right?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's oh
2: i cut you off paul what were you gonna say
0: i don't know i i feel like that i my contribution to this this podcast is sometimes only wiener stuff but it it is part of what we the branding um
1: (laughs) I'm um, fine with, I, I'm pro wieners. Wieners are fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: fine. That's, that, that, I mean, again, no. Well, okay. So prime. Yeah. now a uh, prime directive doesn't really sp- speak to just leaving them entirely alone. Right. You don't even interact. You just create, you have to grin and bear it. Cause it's like, well, that's not, I can't like, what are you going to, sh- if you show up and this is pretty clear, you show up with a warp drive, you're their gods now yep this has happened a number of times like it happened to picard and he got shot with a damn arrow about it which again like that's all very weird and the way they handled it was as good as they could do because it's too late the contamination already occurred but
1: well also the fact that it didn't kill him yeah like we know true believers are going to keep believing so the fact that that he lived back up to the sky yeah, where they presumably healed him because they're gods. Like, it's right. Yeah. You can't talk somebody out of it once they believe it. That's sort of the problem. And we, you know, obviously see this with, you know, QAnon people right now. And this, the year of our Lord Jesus, Quentin Christ <laughs> 2021. Like, people who have really bought into something are just going to double down no matter what happens. Like, everything is proof that they were right. Cause that's so- the way self delusion works, you know?
0: so how's posting culture in the federation y'all think
1: oh no like not on the corp,
0: like on the federation networks is absolutely no there is fucking super smart policing of all bad speech and like i think a hologram shows up like it seems like you're feeling a little down buddy do you want to talk about it um
1: (laughs) what's sex worker twitter like with the holodecks see because like really when we talk about any kind of posting culture we're talking about porn everything is always porn like all all forms of media we have to talk about the porn because they drive what actually gets sold
0: it turns out when you make people wear shirts titties are a commodity and i can buy and sell futures
1: i guess better than water which is where we are
0: right like at least somebody that i like think should maybe be in charge of shit controls the flow of titties
1: how would that work? Right. Like, are you going to program, like, a version of yourself that people can have sex with? And if so, like...
0: Why am I, the programmer, not getting the money for this? Or, like, I mean, yeah. you're working as a programmer. That is not a sex worker's job. That is a painter in a weird way. Just yeah. change, It changes the job in that regard. Like, surely there's still a market for a handy in the out great outdoors right right
1: that's what i'm saying
0: <laughs> though like, um, yeah. and
1: we're assuming that like well i don't know i mean because there are, certainly is a sex worker abolitionist movement or sex work abolitionist movement rather right now you know in our current conditions
0: well i think this all is always the work movement there's a work problem here i think is the actual is like kind of we can't talk we can't separate them right there's right, no sex because the there is no work
1: yeah yeah there's only like sort of pursuit Right. But I also feel like, you know, exhibitionism is probably still a thing. So are there like just is it like a Reddit gone wild thing or
0: No, it's like a, it's like the Rotary Club. Y'all go pick stuff up on the highway in your leather gear or whatever and then do your other stuff and like everyone's just sort of it's it just yeah. 4H, that kind of thing, social civic engagement club.
1: You know, that's fine. This is probably still less perverted than the Black Mirror episode. So
0: the uh, yeah, the Riza Appreci- Appreciation Society, they call it, and they just like, and they just every time they go to the grocery store, instead of a pineapple, they put one of those little dolls just in their cart.
1: Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> But like that but this thing is like there's no way they wouldn't have hollow porn. Like we've established they have hollow porn. How does that work? Uh, I
2: mean that's 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 you, like 90% of Quark's business.
1: That's
0: what it's I'm how saying. It's always right? worked. It's people jerking off in a back room of a bar. I mean, it's a little <laughs> more complicated than that, but not really. Yeah,
1: but what I'm saying is like logistically, legally, economically, who is the person producing the hollow porn? Like, is it just a group of kinksters? In which case, hell yeah, I'm here for it. But like, is that what's going on? Is it like a completely like kinkster run cooperative porn enterprise?
0: Uh, There's almost it's almost certainly not cooperative. I mean, the Ferengi, the Ferengi are involved. There's no way it's cooperative.
2: I think I think Trek has clearly established that there that there are boundaries that are consistently violated in that capacity. I mean there's the Hey
0: Barkley, stop making versions of the whole crew to fuck. We can see you
2: Exactly. Yeah, there's oh. that. There's the there's the Jordy and his engineer girlfriend that he has to later meet, and then there's the you know uh, the whole episode with Quark trying to get images of Kira to sell to a particularly demented customer. So I mean obviously there's an ethical boundary that is is explored somewhat and there are people that don't abide by that or push those limits so i think we have to assume that not all of that content would be ethically created yeah
0: but the level of ethics is definitely different because you can just modify the weird klingon combat simulator for your more unsavory practices Let's say.
1: Yes, but also as we're recording this, there's actually a bill going through U.S. Congress called the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, uh, which is basically about to put like all of these like restrictions on things that websites have to do before hosting and you know presenting pornographic content Uh, and it's going to be super onerous and it's probably actually going to like lock sex workers out of the business altogether right so like we have this movement here and now sort of based around you know ostensibly protecting people against exploitation for these things and you know i can't i wonder like what that would look like you know, cause like we're having this big debate about it right now. And it's like, how does ownership of that content work? Does the computer need to have a nude of you or are you just splicing somebody's face onto something that's close enough? You know, it's like
0: the deepest of fakes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, even if that is the case, like, does it then become kind of like less unethical?
0: Right. That's what I was kind of getting at, right? Like all you, if all you need is a face snap, a couple of good face snaps and a mm-hmm. body you think that they look like under their clothes.
2: Yeah but th- this also this also gets into a little bit of the territory of the, the rights of artificial life. So like the doctor is a hologram and there is a lot of exploration around his rights, you know, as an entity. And so if you're, even if you say that you're creating holographic characters for people to have sex with by creating them and producing this artificial life, are you not essentially creating an entity that has rights and self-determination that are, are being violated by being used in this way?
0: Well, I hate to sound like a business extremist, but it's okay. I programmed him to like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? Is the Roomba a slave?
0: If it wants the floor clean as much as I do, aren't we friends? No, and that yeah. is not a real approach. that is not a real approach, right? But I think that and that's a question of complexity because like then the other question is is it bad to fuck your Roomba? Is <laughs> 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 a well, question it's definitely... we can say like and not as much anymore so it's about how much su- so it, then it becomes like a weird quantitative question of how much subroutine you put in this is all stuff we should get Damien back on for to talk uh, more about because that's definitely uh, I don't want st- to I do not want to make myself <laughs> look like an ass so yes. but yeah to, back to symbols representation how, well, how does mass communication work because we started this with posting culture in the federation and posting culture galaxy in the alpha quadrant right mm-hmm. so like the Ferengi are definitely running porn boards the definitely. Orion syndicate is definitely selling actual there's still actual sex trafficking I think in the federation yes. you just jerk off to you sit around having sex with low resolution holograms which is probably fine for the most part it's like bu- state fine, if great. low yeah.
1: res fuck hologram
0: I mean I you know I'm not trying to ruin everything about this show but <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I mean, I I think we can sort of safely assume the Federation would not see them as like full conscious beings given like they treat data and the doctor. Yeah, Yeah. like, I I think we can sort of safely assume they're gonna fuck up the landing on that one. But I do think it does actually meaningfully tie into language and sort of the larger topic at hand, right? Like, the way pornography interacts with these things is because ultimately, like, language is primarily about fucking somebody. Like, we started talking uh, because it made it easier to negotiate with each other, cooperate on things, and coordinate activity with each other, which ultimately can came out of predicting each other's behaviors, which was entirely about either guarding your own resources or figuring out who wanted to have sex with you. So like, I think that the reason it's always porn first for any kind of media is like, because ultimately all of these drives are about like that just social anchor that we have, you know?
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm going to chalk some of it up to the oldest profession, which is like a thing that has to be traded or given willingly in that regard. But like, it's the thing I can't think about. So it's like, I can't actually encounter. It's like, oh, of course, it's the first thing I'm going to imagine. Like, once I have a a way to make my imagination, imaginings real, what do I fucking think about all day? It's fucking booby. Well, I mean, if you're when you're 17 or any yeah, this is an issue for everyone.
1: Speaking as a person who's, uh, whose safe search history is a series of increasingly more desperate attempts at finding novelty, I for one <laughs> would look forward to having sex with all kinds of unimaginable Roombas and creatures uh, in the future. I think that actually sounds like a great time. I don't think you even necessarily have to make it people. like You could just have like a tentacle monster. It'd be fine. You just do it
0: freshman year at the academy picture this you there is a, a hazing ritual where it's basically escalating levels of this weird sexual alien novelty like oh yep. you ever done it with a bajoran yeah no it's just ridgier. but okay let's try it let's go <laughs> let's go again roll the dice roll again and, right like, suddenly yeah. you're like tribbles and you're like well fucking a i wanted the frat don't i uh. <laughs> I'm
1: just putting like fake tribbles up your butt yeah you know i can see it <laughs>
0: So, like again, back back getting back to like so mass communication, which is why we were talking about posting culture, right, and yeah, why I was yeah. at, like kind of got off that into that tangent because it is a lot of fun to talk about fucking future porn.
1: Yeah, and posting culture is like a direct extension of just the dumb shit humans do when you put us in a room together, right? Like the thing that is interesting about posting culture from a linguistic perspective or like semiotic perspective to me is the way that we have created these like increasingly abstract signs for each other within like posting culture right like the fact that we can signify entire moods by whether we type y-o-u or just the letter u you know the fact that like we have memes at all and especially like on twitter where there's like strictly verbal memes and it's just like a joke setup where it just becomes this like large simulacrum of this sort of shared experience within, you know, whatever subculture is following each other,
2: right? Which brings us right back to Dharmak and Jalad. <laughs>
1: yes. Like, I, I think it would all sort of be the same as it is now, right? It would be like an extension of that social element.
0: Movie theater on the moon. Dogecoin next door.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> And, you know, I don't think we're going to find a better way to end the episode than that, honestly, because that really does sum it up, right? Like, we are all doing this all of the time. Language itself is kind of just a big, silly game we're playing together. I think um, the reason there are so many examples of linguistic mishaps in the Star Trek universe is definitely because, like, there's just sort of an inherent absurdity to trying to communicate anything to anybody. Like, trying to get a point across and into somebody else's head is just a comedy of errors every day time.
0: It's so. why the Borg is the true option. Every, it's fine. We all have together thoughts.
1: Right, right. And everything <laughs> else is farce. And I, for one, enjoy the you know, I enjoy the game. I love language. I love talking. You know, I love weird grammatical subcultures. And also, I love talking with y'all in particular. Paul. Yeah.
2: And memes. We all love memes.
1: Yeah. I wonder if by the time people are listening to this, AMC will have survived or not. <laughs> I hope so. I'm rooting for AMC, not because like I even care about movie theaters, but because I hate hedge funds. I
0: actually like movie theaters. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I gotta. I'm going back to movie theaters a lot. They just need to keep them open because I'm tired of watching movies in my house. It's fine here, but I'm gonna go to the drive-in when it's slightly warmer. I have. To, I can't yeah. deal with this. Fun to yeah. go to a place.
1: Going to a place is fun. I miss the arcade.
0: See, now there's a place that. Wow, talk about your anachronisms.
1: No, are you kidding me? There's like a bomb ass arcade on I-20 like over at Stonecrest Mall. It's fucking tight. They've got bowling alleys and they've got ping pong tables and they've got every single game ever.
2: You guys should see some of the arcades that show up in some of the countries that I've been to overseas, like in the Middle East, like some of the arcades that I see, like the games that they have are just they literally look like things taken straight out of Star Trek. I've never seen games this complicated, like you got to climb into a rocket ship and then there's like a giant screen that half surrounds you and yep. It's, well, it's, I mean, it's 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 they're so pilot. out there mecha yeah. pilot
0: is a thing that would be you can actually recreate what that situation would be exactly like for everything but the outside i mean yeah Yep. Well, what you got a bunch of buttons and shit cool that's what we're gonna give you so this one tilts and you back awesome. and forth this one makes you run you get get on board
1: super into it anyway
0: all right so um more in the federation mecca that never were
1: we can still do it do what just like it you know like we can we can teach people how to talk to each other i believe oh yeah
0: I I don't think so, but we'll keep making the podcast <laughs> just in case.
1: We'll keep trying. Anyway, if you would like to help facilitate us trying, might I suggest giving us money? We are on the Not Safe for Wonks or Not Safe Media Network, which is a cooperative of just content creators who are all leftists and most of us are gay. And we do a lot of really cool shows, including but not limited to Not Safe for Walks, which is a podcast and also a live stream on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. We also have the Hot Girl Agenda, which is about sex work and organizing and movies and whatever Rara feels like talking about on that day. And she is very awesome, very cool, and very funny. Uh, we have Post Tech Radio, which is a very close spiritual sibling to gay space communism hosted by Ada Powers. That is a Friday live stream where she talks to people who are working in tech right now and the ways they can use that technology to build a better gayer, more communist future for us all. And if you want to give all of that money, you can go to patreon.com notsafe not safe. And you can follow us on Twitter at Gay Space Cast. With that, I'm gay. I'm space. And I'm communism. (laughs) Yeah. And you listen to Gay Space Cast.